your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about divorce and the impact on kids. You know, as a, as a marriage dissolves, some parents find themselves asking questions like, you know, should we stay together for the kids? You know, other people find divorce is their only option. And, and while all parents may have many worries on their mind, of course, from the future of their living situation to the uncertainty of a custody arrangement, they may worry most about how the children will deal with the divorce. And, you know, the truth is divorce the victim of a divorce truly is the children. I mean, they're losing their biological parents uh, to become, those parents become single. Um, they're not, they're losing them as a couple. Now they're going to have to resort uh, their friendships. They're going to have to resort what their options are as far as the, the you know, what the financial uh, ability for their parents to take care of them. I mean, there's all kinds of enormous things. And then, the, you know, obviously the parents will drag somebody else into their life. And when they do that, that person's going to have their baggage and they're never going to love your kids the way that you love them. That's just not going to be the case. And so the bottom line is uh, we have to look at the psychological effects of divorce on children. And it depends you know, while divorce is stressful for all children, some kids rebound faster than others, and that's a good thing. You know, the good news is that parents can take steps to reduce the psychological effects of divorce on children, and, and a few supportive parenting strategies can go a long way to help kids adjust to the changes brought about by divorce. And so, you know, the first year is a really tough one for kids, and as you might expect, you know, research has found that kids struggle the most during the first year or two after the divorce, and they're likely to experience distress, anger, anxiety, disbelief, and all of the stages of grieving. You know, uh, uh, many kids seem to bounce back, and that's great, and that also depends on the age of the child, and we'll go into that later on. But they, you know, they get used to the changes in their daily routines and they grow comfortable with their living arrangements. And others, however, never really seem to get back to normal. And the small percentage of children may experience ongoing, even possible, lifelong problems after a parent's divorce. And these are a multiple amount of problems. And we're going to talk about that later, too. But divorce creates, you know, an emotional turmoil for the entire family. But for the kids, the situation can be really scary because the parents have all the power. And what's so amazing is people will hire these high-powered attorneys to go after each other. And, and I always say you never know who you married till you divorce them. And, and the truth is, is that when you have a divorce, attorneys make money. And so obviously, if they're going to get you to do emotional warfare, and then you're going to drop your kids into the middle of that, what's going to happen is you're trying to force your kids to take sides, which is not what they want to do. They love both of you. 
You know, and it creates this uh, in young children, uh, they, they struggle to understand why they must go between two homes. That's exhausting. And some people create this really rigorous schedule of forcing them to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth between homes, even on a daily basis. And that's so confusing. And it's ridiculous because they're trying to build their friends. They're trying to build a life for themselves. They're trying to have fun and be a kid. But it's really hard to do that when you have to go from one house to the other house. And especially if the the, the parents are at war with each other, that makes their life hell. And, you know, they may worry that if their parents can stop loving one another, that someday their parents may stop loving them. Surprise, surprise. You know, grade school, you know, those children uh, may worry that divorce is their fault. And they may fear they misbehaved or they assume they did something wrong. And and that happen, happens with kids of five and above. They're, they think they did something wrong and it's their fault that their parents are divorcing. And then they have to ask themselves, why am I not enough for them to stay together? Why did they have me in the first place? It's very confusing. Also with teenagers, they become really angry about a divorce and the ch- and the changes it creates. And they may blame one parent for the dissolution of the marriage, or they may resent one or both parents for the problem in the family. And of course, each situation is unique. In extreme circumstances, a child may feel relieved by the separation. You know, if a divorce means fewer arguments and less stress, that's a great thing. If you have a contentious marriage where there's lots of conflict and it's bad conflict and these kids have to witness it, their life is no longer safe. And so if you're no longer safe, you're going to be in a fight or flight mode quite often. You're going to be embarrassed to be able to bring friends to your home so it affects your socialization. And you're going to be angry that you your home is no longer your home. It's a war, uh, 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 place of war for the parents. And it's sad. And it's confusing. And so, you know, when you have a contentious marriage, if you're going to argue your way all the way through marriage, you are setting a really bad example for your kids, number one. And number two, it's a really unhealthy situation. And divorce may be needed, but maybe counseling. That would be a better choice. But some people are just too proud to do that. Okay. So divorce usually means children lose daily contact with one parent. Uh, Most often it's the dads, by the way, and uh, decreased contact affects the parent-child bond. And according to uh, uh, some research that was done back in 2014, they found that many children feel less close to their fathers after divorce. Divorce also affects a child's relationship with the custodial parent, most often the mother's. And so uh, primary caregivers often report higher levels of stress associated with single parenting. And by the way, if a single parent gets married, the last thing, the last thing you want to do, and so many people do this, is make your partner, their step-parent, become the disciplinarian. That is a very foolish move. You, as the biological parent, are the safer one to do discipline, not somebody that they that it's just been forced into their life. You don't make them a disciplinarian. I don't care if you don't like conflict. If you really care about the development of your children, you be the disciplinarian, not the other one. Their job is to be the nice uncle or aunt. That's about it. That's They don't have the responsibilities that you have as a parent. And, you know, some children, uh, parental separation isn't the hardest part. You know, sometimes it, it's the stressors. 
that make divorce the most difficult, like changes in schools, uh, moving to a new home, living with a single parent who feels a little more frazzled and less financially stable. You know, it's it, parental separation isn't always a, a, a nice situation for any kid. You know, to have to go back and forth is ridiculous. Financial hardships are, are very common following divorce. Usually the income's split in half and or, or worse. And many families have to move to smaller homes or change neighborhoods or go into an apartment complex that may be dangerous. And, and then they have fewer resources available to them as people. And that's a big struggle. You know, families face a lot of risks. And uh, you know what uh, Pew Research Center said about 40% of marriages in the U.S. in 2000, this is 2013, included one spouse who had been married before, and in 20% of new marriages, both spouses had been married before. And so that means that many children endure a lot of changes to their family dynamics. And in addition of a step-parent and possibly several step-siblings, that could be very difficult because those personalities don't always blend well. And, and also, also, the discipline isn't always even. One may be more strict than the other. And then there's a bloody, you know, this, this, uh, this bleeding over of how to discipline children. And that can be a real conflict for the stepchildren or the biological children because they're seeing other kids not be treated the way that they're treated, and that causes a lot of division. You know, the failure rate for second marriages is even higher than first marriages. So many children will experience a lot of separations and divorces over the years. And it also has a high risk of divorce for mental health problems in children and adolescents. Regardless of age, gender, culture, children of divorced parents experience increased psychological problems, depression, anxiety, on the list goes on and on. And also divorce may trigger an adjustment in children that, that revolves uh, uh, resolves itself within a few months, but studies have also found depression and anxiety rates are higher in children from divorced parents. You know, children from divorced families often experience more externalizing problems like contact disorders, delinquency, impulsive behavior than kids from two-parent families. In addition to that behavior, uh, uh, problems, ch children may experience more conflict with peers after a divorce also. And, and so we really have to take a look at how a children is walked through a divorce, how children must be protected from the parents and their, their emotional turmoil. And you know what? The funny thing is the courts, divorce is a very simple thing. It's a business deal. And that's the way you need to treat it. The biggest issues that you have to look for is custody. What will the custody look like and how flexible is it? And you have to look at the division of, of money. And so that's going to take place whether you want to or not. And there's formulas for both. And that is all you have to do. Unfortunately, people want to take all their emotions and take it out on each other in court to try to influence the judge to give them more of what they want. And sadly, most of the time, the judge could care less about what the parents think. 
All they want to do is make sure the kids are taken care of, and then they go by the system or formula that the state has to divide the money. That's where it all lands most of the time, if not 80% of the time, that's where it lands. Unfortunately, attorneys make a ton of money making you guys go after each other. You know, also academically, kids get impacted by that. Oftentimes, they, they have a very uh, low dip in their academic performance at school. And, and there was a study back in 2019 that, that suggested kids from divorced families tend to have trouble with school if the divorce was unexpected, whereas children from families where divorce was likely, they didn't have the same outcome. So if they saw it coming, at least they had a better chance to adapt and expose themselves to that. Also, risk-taking behaviors is another problem with kids, especially adolescents, with divorced parents because they're more likely to engage in risky behavior like substance use, early sexual activity, smoking, drinking, whatever. In the United States, you know, adolescents with divorced parents drink alcohol earlier, report higher alcohol, marijuana, tobacco, and drug use from than their peers. Also, adolescents whose parents divorced when they were five years old or younger were particularly high risk for becoming sexually active prior to the age of 16. And so separation from fathers has also been associated with higher numbers of sexual partners during adolescence. So all of this correlates, guys, and it's really important to understand. You have to help kids adjust. Adults who experience divorce during childhood may have more relationship difficulties. So divorce rates are higher for people whose parents divorced. And parents play a major role in how children adjust to divorce. So there's some really good strategies to take. Number one, co-parent, but be peaceful about it. Even take courses on it. Read books about it. Intense conflict between parents has really has an increase in children's distress. Overt hostility, such as screaming and threatening one another, has been linked to uh, behavior problems in children, especially if they're made the target of one of the parents, you know, to try to communicate with the other parents. You need to tell your dad, blah, blah, blah. You need to tell your mom, blah, blah, blah. No, they don't need to. You need to grow up and, and put, put some underwear on and actually behave yourself and, and have a conversation, a conflict uh, with your partner on how to make your children's life better. You know, um, minor tension may also increase ch children's distress. If you struggle to co-parent with your ex-spouse, you really need some professional help. And there's lots of courses out there to help you. Also, you want to avoid putting kids in the middle. And, you know, asking kids to choose which parent they like uh, best is giving them messages to give the other parent away. To, to, to push themselves away from that parent. You know, kids who find themselves caught in the middle are more likely to experience depression and anxiety. Surprise, surprise. You know, you want to have healthy relationships. So positive communication, parental warmth, low levels of conflict, that will help children adjust to divorce better. Healthy parent-child relationship has been shown to help kids develop higher self-esteem and better academic performance following divorce. So, behave yourselves. Use consistent discipline. That's the other thing. We start feeling guilt and shame for the divorce and start to, 
either take our anger out at our kids or treat them with with uh, kid gloves and don't discipline. So establish age-appropriate rules, follow through with the consequences when necessary. And this is a good time to develop what's called a behavior contract with your child where you basically outline, if you do this, 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 then I'm going to take this away. And if you want to earn it back, this is what you have to do, including taking responsibility for what you did. And, and so that kind of stuff is very helpful for kids to have structure during a time that is very, very difficult. Structure for a child from parents means that they are loved. That's what it's there for. The structure says, I love you to your kids. You know, monitor adolescents closely during a divorce. That's a huge thing. You know, when parents pay close attention to what teens are doing and who they're spending time with, adolescents are less likely to exhibit behavior problems following a divorce. That means a reduced chance of using substances and fewer academic problems. The problem is, after a divorce, adolescents are more likely to turn to their friends, and many of those friends uh, probably had divorced parents, probably had contentious situations, and they're probably familiar with it, and they also have more life problems. And so that can cause some uh, disruption in an adolescent's life. So you want to monitor what they're doing. Don't get so self-consumed in protecting yourself from your ex-spouse. You also want to empower kids. Kids who, who doubt their ability to deal with the changes and those who see themselves as helpless victims are more likely to experience a lot of mental health problems. Um, you know, it's difficult. So mental strength to handle it can be a very, very helpful thing for children. Also, learning new coping skills. So, you know, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about coping skills and then we're going to talk about some statistics. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about coping skills and dealing with children and divorce and the impact it has on them. You know, um, it's really important to teach your child how to manage their thoughts, their feelings, their behaviors in a really good way. You know, it's also important if you're going to go through a divorce, you have to make sure your kids feel safe. Fear of abandonment, concerns about the future can cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of problems in your adult life. But helping your child feel loved, feel safe, and secure with both parents can not only reduce clinginess, but also diminish the risk of mental health problems. You know, you want to have parent education be a part of how to do this step-parent stuff and how to do this single-parent stuff. It's important. There are many programs available to help reduce the impact a divorce has on kids, including groups of kids who can talk about their parents' divorce. And and parents are taught to co-parenting skills and strategies that help kids cope with the adjustments. Remember, there's good and bad in all of us. If you're going to get divorced, it's better to look to the good in your partner rather than stare at the bad and color them in as the bad. Um, This is your children's parent. That's important. It's very important for you to maintain a positive, uh, relatable uh, communication about that parent, unless they're abusive or unless they're a monster, which some of them are. And some people, you know, I've always said this, you know, (laughs) some people are breeding stock and others are parents. And, and, you know, the fact is, if, if you have one of these people, and there's quite a few that are breeding stock, they probably don't need to have a whole lot of time with the kids, but they need to have time with the kids. That means maybe you're, they're not the one that's taking care of them and sending them to school every day, but, but it's important for them to have them in their life as a resource. You just want to limit their availability to and exposure to that person, especially if they're an alcoholic, a drug addict, or an idiot, or a bad parent, or a breeding stock. You know, when you might even think about getting professional help, which a lot of people do for their children. Now, not every therapist is good with children, and you have to realize you probably want a child therapist, somebody that's more geared towards helping children. That's usually a much better direction uh, from a therapy aspect than uh, getting just a regular old therapist who deals primarily with adults because they're usually not equipped uh, to do the play stuff with the kids or have all the red the stuff readily available to help keep them entertained because it's really hard to be with a kid for 50 minutes and keep their attention. You just can't do that. And so you need to have somebody that's geared towards that. And despite, and by the way, if you're going to do this thing and you have a dangerous parent like a drug addict or whatever, 
if they're going to be exposed to that person, you might ask the court if you can have supervised visits for that person. Because if you do supervised visits, then what happens is there's somebody professional there witnessing what's going on. And the person who uh, has to have supervised visits has to pay for it. And so it's important uh, to, to, to reestablish, if you're going to reestablish a relationship that has some semblance of healthy, having those supervised visits is a very good thing if that's what's needed with, with a bad parent. Despite the fact that the, you know divorce is tough on families, staying together for the sole sake of children may not be the best option either, and a lot of people do this. You know, children who live in homes with a lot of arguing, hostility, discontentment may be at a higher risk for developing mental health issues and behavior problems. Because guess who's on the radar? Mom and dad, head to head, or mom and mom, or dad and dad, whatever the situation is, they're after each other, and the focus is not on the children. It needs to be on the children. And if you think of it, even from a biblical perspective, marriage is about children. It's about their life. It's not about the two parents. It's not about the spouses. It's about the kids. That's why we have a covenant. That's why we have a contract to preserve the life of your children. That is the purpose of marriage. And and I know that sounds, you know, a little too uh, extreme maybe, but it really is. It really is if you think about it. You know, if you have parental separation, you know, it's normal. It's normal for kids to struggle with their feelings and their behavior. But if your child mood issues uh, create behavioral problems and it's persistent, it's really a good idea to get some professional help. But start by talking to your kid's pediatrician if you have to. Discuss your concerns with them and see what they have to say. You know, individual therapy may help your child sort out their emotions. Family therapy may be recommended to address changes in the dynamics. And some communities offer support groups for their kids. Some churches offer that too. And support groups allow kids in certain age groups to meet with other children who may be experiencing similar changes in their family structure. And it's a good idea to get a hold of those things. If you see divorce on the horizon, search for resources for your kids. That's the first thing you should be doing before you go see your attorney. You know, it's 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 such a pivotal experience living through a divorce. It is so stressful. And it can take a physical toll on children. And as a result, it's not uncommon for kids of divorced parents to experience more health-related issues than children living in intact families. But you also have to realize, usually their activities get cut in half, if not cut down completely, like baseball, basketball, sports, whatever, you know, whatever activities they're in, those clubs suddenly may not be available because there's nobody to take them. And that impacts their life, too. And you really need to think about those things before you get a divorce, the impact on your children and how their life can be navigated with some sense of normalcy. You know, in fact, research shows that adolescents whose parents have divorced are more likely to experience injury, accidents, illness than children uh, who stay married. And there was a study back in uh, 2011 that found teens living with 
Both biological parents tended to be more physically healthy than teens from homes without biological parents' presence. Surprise, surprise. Now they're eating fast food every day. Now they're eating whatever's in the refrigerator. Now they're having to manage their own life. And so guess what? They're not going to be as healthy doing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, divorce is an emotional experience. And, and it brings about a whole lot of conflicting emotions and feelings. And when these emotions are not dealt with in a healthy, supportive way, they can create issues in children's lives. And, and, and you know, nuclear families are about half as likely uh, uh, as children in step-blended and one-parent families to have a mental disorder or need psychological help. Surprise, surprise. You know, likewise... Adult children of divorce may also be vulnerable to drug and alcohol use in adolescence. They have fears about commitment and divorce and have negative memories of the legal system that forced custody and visitation. They don't want to go through that. Nobody does. And regardless of the reason for divorce, it's important for parents to be reassuring to their children. You know, children do best when they know their parents are still going to be their parents. That's a big deal. And they need to know that they still have parents who plan on being involved in their lives, even though the marriage is ending. And in fact, there has been research that shows that children do better when parents can minimize conflict and cooperate on behalf of the kids. And, and that's important. You know, having a neutral party also can help them process their feelings like a therapist or a minister, or somebody in a counseling capacity. You know, if it's not an option, you may want to look into the support groups or, or even a family doctor to see if they have other resources for you. So, you know, there's a lot of, 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 of interesting impacts that divorce has if it's not handled property uh, by the parents. You know, there's other considerations you know, is, is, there's no denying that the rate of divorce in the United States is high, especially this year, especially compared to other countries. In fact, it's not uncommon for American children to witness the breakup of their parents' marriage. Yet there are times when divorce is the best option given the situation. Well, and the truth is, divorce is often the best answer for children living in homes where there's domestic violence, abuse, or other uh, behaviors like drugs and alcohol, even without those conditions, parents can and do divorce via mediation and consider their children first. And you know what's interesting? There are out there mediating attorneys, attorneys who mediate. That is a much wiser direction to go where they can manage both parents calmly help them understand what the courts are going to do despite their feelings and basically give them whatever that state's formula is for divorce. That is what goes. And, and that's the best possible thing you can do for your kids is to actually mediate it instead of trying to hurt your ex-spouse by taking them to court and making the judge give them a good whipping. That's not going to happen. Judges hate that. They want all the decisions made before they come to court. They don't want to make the decisions for you. They don't know your children. They don't know what's best for them. But if they have to, they will. They will do it if you want to give them that kind of power. This fact is especially true if parents 
do what they can to keep their conflicts away from their kids, work to co-parent, no matter if you can't stand them, work to co-parent the kids in their best interest. You know, there's a lot of research that suggests that parents who recognize the risks associated with divorce and take a proactive approach can build their kids' resilience. That is a great thing. You know, it's always obvious that divorce increases the likelihood that your children will face challenges. You know, I remember when my parents divorced, I was 10, 10 years old, and I was glad they got divorced. I, it was a great relief because my dad was pretty mean to my mom, and um, she need, she she could do a lot better. He, he wasn't a great husband. Um, but, the, but the bottom line was I love them both. I ended up staying with my dad, but... The, the funny thing about the divorce was they didn't put me in the middle that was, or my sisters in the middle. Uh, they broke off. They developed their own lives, which was fine. Uh, it was a little difficult. But the, you know what? The, the big thing that I took away from it was I lost all my friends because we moved across town, number one. Um, I lost – I gained a lot of friends, though, when I moved into a new part of town. And uh, that was a great thing. And, but the other thing is I noticed that the kids that I grew up with, since divorce was pretty rare, not totally rare, but it was rare back then when, when I was a kid, early 70s um, is when I was about 10. And uh, at that point, a lot of my friends were not allowed to play with me because my parents were getting divorced and they didn't want to get the cooties. And that was interesting. And also, all my parents' friends were no longer their friends because they were getting divorced and they didn't want that to rub off on their marriage. You know, establishing routines, creating opportunities for one-on-one -on -one time communicates to kids that they are loved unconditionally. And that is important. You know, uh, 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 parents who find a balance between dealing with the divorce and their emotions, as well as supporting their children throughout the process, will see the most success. And you as a parent, if you're going to be divorced, you have to realize you cannot control what goes on at the other parent's house. You can't. You just can't. And, and so that is the consequence of a divorce. You know, it may make sense to you, but remember, it may still be perplexing for your kids. So focus on meeting their needs along the way and they can learn to cope with the situation in a healthier manner and maybe make some new friends that can be healthy for them also. You know, if, if you think about, <clears throat> you know, kids can be resilient. You know, I, I've seen a whole lot of kids thrive and adapt in, in, in therapy. And I've also seen kids plummet with no sign of resurfacing because their grades tank, their friends are lost, their interest in hobbies fall, and, and, and their, their income as far as a family goes down enormously, their diet is horrible, and, and then they, they have a parent, one or the other, who just don't care for them when they have the kids. They just want the power to have the kids. They don't want to make a relationship with the kids. When you divorce as a parent, you're going to have to reestablish re your parental role with your children. And that relationship means you have to re-earn it. You can't just assume it. Uh, you have to re-earn your relationship with the child, and that takes time. And the big deal with them is that they're safe. They have to be safe. If you want children to be resilient, they need to be safe with you. 
They, you know, a lot of people have kids relaying messages between them. You know, kids don't need that kind of drama. You know, keep the grown-up conversations between the grown-ups. If you don't want to speak, email or text. And there's even court mechanisms that that then the judge can read what your spouse is saying to you, uh, where you email through a court-ordered uh, um, email system. You know, a lot of people... <laughs> And a lot of people are foolish. They 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 uh, tell the kids that you know they're clothes. They take all the kids' clothes. You know, kids might want to wear their favorite jeans and don't want to worry about it if it's not one house or the other. You know, you don't want to make your kids feel guilty about which clothes land at what house. If it's a physical concern, take it up with your ex, not your child. They want to wear the co- the clothes that most. Uh, is recognizable to them that they relate to, especially adolescents and young teens and teens. They want to be cool. They want to wear cool clothes. If if you're going to fight over their clothes, they cannot. Those clothes were picked by them primarily, or that's what they're used to wearing, and that's what they want to wear. So you need to accommodate them and be a grown up and let them have uh, whatever clothes they want from one house to the other. You know, if there's a, a custody arrangement where kids have to change houses constantly, you know what? Imagine how you would feel if you had to switch offices every other day. This is the number one complaint that most people in therapy hear from kids. They don't like being bounced back and forth. They finally get their their beat at one house, and then they have to move again. They get the rhythm going at one house, and now everything stops, and they got to go back to this other parent and deal with their rules and all their crap. You know, if it can be avoided doing less moving back and forth or do it with longer blocks of time, that is how it should happen so they can have some sort of rhythm at both parents' house. You know, you also... Have the kids decide who they want to stay with and when. If they have a voice, they're going to adjust a lot better. But most parents want to use their kids as a commodity and and, and basically have the power to have the children. You know, they, they feel guilty and burdened when parents ask them what they want, but they are kids. Don't put the pressure on them to make grown-up decisions, but allow them to make a decision if they want to stay with one parent or the other. Be flexible. That's important for kids. And don't talk about your ex to the kids and all the bad things about your ex. Not a good idea. You know, and also people grill kids about what happens at the other house. Don't do it. If you can help yourself, don't do it. Don't inquire what's going on at the other house unless you suspect it's abuse. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 
1-888-346-7856. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about divorce and the impact on children. You know, a lot of people tell their kids, you know, my your your dad or your mom should pay for the clothes and the toys. You know, th- th- if this is the case, your kids don't need to hear that from you. You take that up with your former spouse. Don't put the kids into the middle of it by telling them who should be paying for their toys and things. That That's just not going to work. You know, uh, they don't want to hear about court matters, but a lot of people drag their kids. You know, I can't tell you how many times I hear kids uh, talking about their adult uh, problems between their, their parents that they get stuck in the middle of and they have to hear what the court says. And all of a sudden, the judge is their father and mother and the judge has all the power. And so, uh, you know, basically, you know, the, the parents turn into two adolescents fighting each other and then kids have to deal with that and they have to listen to all that. And I don't know why, but the maturity of people drops about 20 years when people get divorced. I mean, they revert back to stupid, stupid behavior oftentimes. You know, also people tell their kids it's their ex's fault and that they can't buy them anything. Well, we're poor because your dad. We're poor because your mom. You know, perhaps it's true, but telling your child isn't going to change things. It's it's inadvertently puts your kids in the middle between both parents. You don't want to do that. And also, people allow their kids to, you know, the, what you need to do is allow your kids to escape to another to, to another place, like a, f- a friendly place where they have a friend, somewhere safe, grandparent house, if there is uh, arguments. If you're going to argue and, and there's going to be safety concerns, this needs to be avoided. You don't want to teach your kids that when they're having conflict, they can just... Uh, 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 have to sit there and listen to you guys going after it. If you're headed for a divorce, 
Don't do it in front of your kids. Let them be safe. Don't have them have to listen to you yapping at each other, saying stupid things to each other. They don't need to hear that. You know, however, you don't want to teach your kids that if you're having a conflict that's safe, if it's a simple debate, maybe they can learn from it if you're healthy enough to do that. So it's important to work out what is best for your kids if there's going to be conflict. You know, there's also this thing about what the right time to divorce is, that you have to have some considerations before divorcing. When considering divorce, it's important to begin with your children before making a final decision. And and there's things to think, uh, think about. Kids' parental attachments. Consider how attached your children are to each parent. You know, kids who have a strong attachment to both parents may have a more difficult time coping because they feel, uh, 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 you know, they feel loyal to one or the other or both. And so they're very confused by that. And you need to consider, the, the, you know, if your kids are close to both of you right now, you may to go, need to go through the divorce with the expectation that you're going to share custody. That's the right thing to do. Also, Grief affects children just as strongly as adults. And if your kids have recently gone through the loss of a loved one, like a pet, moved, changed schools, divorcing at this point may affect them a lot more deeply. And you need to consider that. What have been the life events in this family so far? And how is that going to overlay what's going to go on with the divorce? You also need to talk about, really think deeply, and some people are so stupid about this, but you really need to think deeply about a divorce and how that financially is going to impact your kids' stability in the short term and in the long term. You know, statistically, women and children are more likely to be left with less money post-divorce. As you decide what to do and when, consider your ability to pay for your kids' necessities, like shelter, food, clothing, and as well as activities and extra things they've grown accustomed to. Also, you need to think about school changes. Obviously, changing schools would compound all the other changes in a divorce would set in motion. Consider how strongly your children are attached their friends currently and how moving to a new town or a new place would affect those relationships. This is what you think of first, not last. Unfortunately, most people think of this stuff last. Also, support from friends. Sometimes it's also helpful to have kids uh, adjust through a divorce when there's other families that are intact that can help provide some sense of safety or normalcy for your children. And so that is a thing that you want to coordinate. You also want to think about, can you collaborate with your ex and how can you find yourself collaborating them with in a safe way and in an adult way? Also, coping skills. Coping skills are a big deal uh, for kids to learn. And changes associated with the divorce are are going to be impacted by the way you cope with it. So you need to do some self-care so your kids can get self-care. And and also, we have to consider the ages of how children, you know, the, the, the very, very young children have fewer, if any, memories of living together as a family. 
but they're also very sensitive to changes in routine. So the more your children associate their identity with the family unit you've created, the harder to accept the change and, and for them to actually move on. You know, under three, you know, don't worry, you know, they won't remember it. Well, there is a popular misconception that memory starts at three. However, researchers have found that memory likely starts earlier. But it, it, it but until we're, uh, until we're older, it's more likely like a, a, a video that's constantly being recorded over and over. So kids do have memories. Most of the memories before three have to do with either trauma or they have to do with the sense of safety or they have to do with a sense of structure. And that's a big deal. If you can keep that going, you can really do a good job helping a child transition. There was a study back in 2011, children as young as four were asked to recall their earliest three memories. And they then they were asked two years later to do the same and were also asked about the initial memories they had brought up in the first interview. And that research found that children could remember things from quite early. But these memories weren't retained in the youngest ones. Instead, the second interview, they would recall memories from months later and might even deny experiencing what they brought up in the initial interview. In other words, your three-year-old is probably going to have some warped, shaped memory that's not much of reality. But it is there, and it's for some reason hanging on to them. And so we don't know how kids are going to take things in. So what's going to happen, you know, with babies and toddlers that are affected by divorce, if there's a high conflict divorce or if the structure's messed up or if the finances are goofed up, whatever, these kids become more fussy and inconsolable when one parent is suddenly no longer around. They also become more clingy, more insecure around the parent that they live with and around new people. Uh, many of these kids miss developmental milestones if they don't feel safe because they're no longer able to evolve because they're worried about their own survival. And so many of these kids will regress in their behavior to a younger age. And, and memory aside, you know, these early years are so formative and these issues can cause a lot of later problems. The way you ease that effect, you should set and maintain consistent routines as much as possible. And it's well established that at this age, they, they thrive on routines, especially if they're under three. And, and so if, if your toddler lives with parent one and then sees parent two every weekend, try to keep that up uh, as, as with as little disruption as possible. And if you had certain routines before the divorce, talk to your partner, if you can, ex-partner, about keeping up the routines in both households. And... and uh, Sometimes the divorce will get ugly, though, and results in one parent essentially exiting the child's life. But know that creating a loving, secure, supportive environment where your child is exposed to new people and new situations in emotionally safe ways will go a long way. It may be tough, but a very adaptable age before three in regards to divorce. Now, if you get into preschool, that's where things start to get tricky. Children are developing more understanding of the abstract. They're asking a lot of questions, figuring out how to fit in the world around them. They don't mean, that doesn't mean that they, they understand the concept of divorce. In fact, they're likely just relying on the security and stability of their parents. 
And that's not always a good idea. But if the parents are fighting, children at this age may feel strongly that their world is being rocked in some really scary ways and sense that all is not okay with their parents. And that may lead your child to react with crying, fear, uh, you know, in, in insistence that you stop fighting, go back to the way you were. And, and preschoolers may also feel that things are their fault. And so they have trouble sleeping or want more control. And they're likely dealing with so many emotions that they really don't know how to sort them out at all. And things may actually improve after the divorce itself when stability returns to their life. So the trauma of the events before the divorce can leave lasting memories and a lot of confusing emotions. But once a routine is established, they can start, and this is three to five, they can start getting back to their life again, feeling a sense of love and control. And, and the ease of the, the negative impact on that age is you try to keep things with your child's other parent as civil as possible, at least in the presence of your child. You know, keep loud fighting to a minimum. And, and mediation may also prove helpful when it comes to divorce and co-parenting. Remember, and I say this again, divorce is a business deal. It's about your kids, and it's about your finances. That's it. It's a business deal. You need to behave as such. You know, uh, elementary school, that's a age that's impacted. That's probably the toughest stage, 6 to 12. Uh, you know, uh, they, they're trying to form who am I as a person. They're trying to individuate, and what they're having to do is adjust to a divorce instead. And so their lives get blown up when they're trying to create relationships, have friends, have a an, an, an safe and united sense of family like other kids have. Unfortunately, they don't get to do that. You know, um, they have a lot of questions, you know, if you love me, why don't you stay together? What did I do? Is this because I, I don't always get do what I'm told? You know, uh, do I have to be a good kid now? You know, you want to answer their questions and you want to make sure that they don't feel like the divorce, they're the cause of the divorce. They, they also come to terms with traumatic divorce in hindsight as they grow into their maturity. So if you're going to have a contentious divorce with kids 6 to 12, they're going to remember it. And it's going to traumatize them, and they're going to carry some patterns like that into their own adult life. Now, teenagers, by the time they're teenagers... They're, they, they're much more likely to understand the feelings. In fact, the home life is in turmoil. They may even see the final split as a relief and a gain of sense of resolution. And so they, they, they're self-centered, teenagers are. And so the, unlike elementary school kids, their world is more typically revolves around their life outside the home. So they don't question their parents' love for them as they just want to get on with their lives. So they also may worry about the divorce will affect their social situation. Uh, and, and in general, acceptance comes more readily uh, when you guys are civil. And it is still a child who hasn't fully matured into their thinking. And so th they're not a good one for you to try to uh, go back and forth with your spouse. You need to keep that to yourself and keep them out of it. That's the last thing they want to do. And it will affect if you do that, if you don't do that, if you put them in the middle, this will affect your relationship with them and your grandchildren for the rest of your life. Don't do it. Be civil. That's our show. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You could do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, you never know who you married until you divorced them. 
And you can't fix stupid, but you can divorce it. Also, marriage is the number one cause of divorce. And paying for a divorce is an investment in an upgrade. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 